Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. How's your weekend going? It was a great weekend. I did absolutely nothing. That's a nice feeling. That's kind of what they're for. Actually, no, that's a bit of a lie. I, I had my very, my final self-tournament over the weekend. It was very bittersweet to see some people come out. I unfortunately won. I wasn't planning to, but... Oh, you meant, does... you, you meant the, the in-person one. Yeah, <laughs> the in-person one. I've, I've accepted the fact that I am not going to win <laughs> in our server, in our server tournaments. There's just so much star power in it. It does make it fun though that there's there's no gimmies, so all the all the games are real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you? How was your weekend? Uh, it's pretty good. Like, uh, we got a puppy last week, so it's it's been hectic around the house, and it's been a lot of making sure all of the dogs are getting along. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just, you know, needle teeth from the puppy, but also just trying to trying to enjoy it and send out as many puppy videos as I can. <laughs> you have Instagram? Mm, no. Okay. I was like, you would get a bunch of likes and saves and hard eye emojis if you sent puppy he, videos. He should probably have his own, but, you know. <laughs> well... Puppy videos aside, if you're new around here, we are a Pokemon Go PvP podcast that primarily focuses on the Sylpharina lower factions that are now no longer coming. So now we're focused on King of the Hill and Worlds. If you're not new around here, yes, Worlds and King of the Hill is still going on. It's hard to say our goodbyes when we still have so much stuff going on with Sylph. It is It is a little strange that there's like essentially another month of self-existing and it, and it feels like it's kind of already over right yeah you're not wrong about that don't forget to get your half price pins actually i heard that they had sold out or the innocent ones had sold out already well those those were current seasons so those were full price anyway oh it was it was the the catalog like if you needed to complete your sets you could just 3d print them <laughs> but then they won't be metal look that's not the point Okay, but the designs are saved somewhere, so... Like, back in my day, you had to earn the pins. You know, I have some yellow filament that I can use as gold for the good pin, and then the silver one, and then the the bronze for red, because I don't have brown. And then everyone else gets... Yes. (laughs) That's it. They get a pin. Anyway, so... Intros aside, we have to dive into some quote-unquote breaking news. And this quite isn't really from something that we normally talk about. But Pokeminers is doing a soft shutdown. For those of you that are unaware, the Pokeminers is exactly what... The name is exactly what they do. They mine the game code for potential things, new releases. What they do is 100% against the terms of service when you play this game. But reporting on it is not against the terms of service. And the community has kind of grown to kind of rely on them a lot from, you know, finding potential bugs before they go live, looking at what they've changed when the the new updates go live. Me personally, I was following them on Twitter and I would notice like, oh, hey, so this is happening or this is happening. 
other things that have have come out like the route function was announced was put in the game code in like 2018 2019 and there's finally some headway on it but a long story short niantic is you know being niantic and i think after i think this is the sixth like time that they've tried to make it hard for the game to be data mined so pokemon is kind of saying yeah, i think it's time we call it that is obviously a, a gross oversimplification. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been really nice just to know when new move was added and what kind of stats it, it had when they added it. And, you know, just, just knowing that things were at least in the game code somewhere, even if they hadn't been released yet. And yeah, it's, it's, it's also kind of a hopefully sign of the times that it's it's just not as necessary as it used to be where without that we would just get blindsided by events all the time it's just like they were so <laughs> bad about communication where it's like we it was it was entirely necessary or whether it was them just not telling us values on things like i know probably sound like a broken record because that is something i keep circling back to but between that and then also not really announcing events but that that's also come a long way with in-game news and such so you know cautiously optimistic that's fair and i'm kind of going to be on the fence on this one because on one hand i understand why they're shutting down and so like i do have some quote-unquote animosity towards niantic because they do have some issues when it comes to communicating but on the other hand maybe this might be the the catalyst that lights a fire under Niantic and, you know, they start coming out with quote-unquote dev diaries or actually trying or they've hired, you know, more staff to write these things instead of just one community manager that gets a whole bunch of flack on Twitter. Well, and it's and it's not like this is the only way we get a heads up about stuff. Like, yeah, it was pretty reliable and consistent but they were like they're also super prone to leaks <laughs> which is <laughs> like th this doesn't mean that oh yeah now now we can actually be like properly surprised by things i was like i, I highly doubt that, that that's what this this equates to that's a fair point so let's me see here <laughs> technology is a fun one my computer <laughs> decided to go quiet for a second and hibernate <laughs> you were you were done with that right yo like i i had what's it called i fixed it yeah i fixed it so testing out a new computer and what better way to do it than a, a blind field test when we're when we're recording <laughs> we're doing it live always that's the best way to do it anyway so that is the wrapped up oversimplification of pokeminer being shut down However, with Niantic, we have a new event. It's called Dark Flames. By the time you're listening to it, it will be live, and it will be ending tomorrow, July 2nd. Editor, this episode is going to come out on July the 1st. You don't have a say now. <laughs> yeah, happy happy Canada Day, uh, Editor. <laughs> and then in this event, we have the, de the debut of one and a half new Pokemon. Where does the half come from? Well, we get a new Mega, so that's that's half a that's half a new Pokemon in the way I'm gonna report on it. And the other one is the Fire Dragon Turtle Hurtinator. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> 
the event's going to be from June 29th to July the 2nd. Terminator makes its debut. And you're apparently going to have a good, like a, a branching path of, do you want more dark types to spawn or do you want more fire types to spawn? And I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to do this one. But I'm definitely going to be hunting for that Terminator because it could possibly be good with its moveset of incinerate, flash cannon, overheat, flamethrower. And, well, we don't talk about Dragon Pulse, but it's just there for stab. Does it get a dragon fast move, did you say? It gets incinerate. and It gets incinerate, ember, and fire spin as its fast moves. So... <laughs> I mean, no, I don't. I don't think anyone would try to use it as a raid mon anyway. But just like that's that's one of those things I think is always going to bug me when you can't run a stab PVE move set for both of its types. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt on this one and say they really wanted to try to get. Well, actually, when I'm looking at its move set on Bulbapedia, it doesn't have any dragon fast moves. It gets Dragon Pulse, Dragon Claw, Outrage as its dragon moves. And, well, Scale Shot's not in the game yet. But if it was able to be, what's it called? If it was able to be transferred into the current generation, it could get Dragon Tail. That's it. Oh, Dragon Tail would be the only fast Dragon Fast move it got. Which, it's a move. But I, I'm, I'm thinking that, like, with it getting flash cannon, it can do some. It can the fairies back a little bit, but I'm trying to find. I'm a little hard pressed to find like a reason for Turtonator other than well, it's a fire dragon that loses almost everything in the meta, but it looks cool. It's it's another Alola Dex Pokemon, right? Yes. So. Yeah, we're we're still missing a lot of those, so I, it's that they they need to be rolled out a little bit. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. You know, I'm willing to bet in the summertime or in the north northern hemisphere summertime is when we'll get more Lolomons, and then in like the fall and winter part, we'll get more everything. I was gonna say everything else, but we still need some Kalospawns that to make their debut, right? Yeah, they they slowed down a lot of stuff, but we're 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 getting through. Gen Gen five is officially done, right? I want to say guess... yes. Well, we're missing. No, we have Victini. Where when does Manaphy show up? Uh, look, Manaphy was one of those Pokemon that was kind of thrown in as a meh <laughs> when you played Pokemon Ranger way back when, and that was it. There was no rhyme or reason for Manaphy to exist. Same with Fione. Or Fione. Hmm. Gen I think, 4. I think those are the only Gen 4 mons that are left. I, I, I looked it up quickly and I already don't like its fun fact. <laughs> I kind of want to hear the fun fact now. Uh, I, think, I think we should move on. <laughs> <laughs> Where it, it, it steps into Vaporeon territory. Oh goodness! Okay, no, we'll we'll move right along then. <laughs> Alrighty, so with all of that out of the way, we're gonna introduce this new segment. It's called Play Pokemon. We started doing it more and more because the season's starting to end, and so this segment will will end eventually. You'll see it again in in Worlds when it happens, but until then. We have the North American International Championship happening this weekend. 
and we are going to cheer on our favorite Dinair Don't Care player, Zimmy Kid, pretty much a professional at this point, as he tries to compete against 256 other trainers to get their world's invite or travel package. I have faith in him. He's going to do very well. Yeah, I was I was impressed with the effort he was making to get out to all of his, his local tournaments and try to punch his NAIC ticket that way and just barely missed out. Uh, he came so close. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> so, once again, for the uninitiated, we'll go with when you compete in local Play Pokemon challenges or the local tournaments that are starting back up, check Pokemon.com for the list of tournaments that are in your area for next season. If you make the top eight on the leaderboards, you get a travel package to compete at NAIC. What is that travel package? I don't know because I did not read up on it. So bad reporter taco. Don't worry. The salsa bar is going to have you guys. <laughs> we're doing, we're every, still doing the salsa bar. So I, I want to say that they pay for your travel ticket, I guess flight. They pay for your hotel. And they pay for your ticket, and I think one spectator pass. Let's go with that for the sake of, you know, standard travel award. And I think the only thing they don't do is give you a passport to fly to another area, but I digress. Yeah, that's that's definitely a personal problem. <laughs> Speaking of which, I gotta get a passport. I'll do it eventually. But back to back to the NAIC travel package. Start that oh. process way before you need it. That's is all you need to know. At, at least six months before you travel out of the country of your choosing is what I've been led to believe. I, I read it on the internet and everything on the internet is definitely true. <laughs> they're, just, they're just always super behind and so it's like there are some things you can do to expedite but don't ever count on it. I was going to say, doesn't that require money and it's just the chance of it getting expedited? You don't know until you try. Okay, I'm going to take that as a no. Anyway, so so we were looking at the leaderboards, and Zimmy was always in that running for that 7th or 8th spot. And we were refreshing the page on the leaderboards, and we're like, hey, he's in! And then the next day we refreshed, he missed out. On, he missed the cutoff by 3 points. And so he got ninth and did not get the travel package, so... Zimmy's gonna channel that that dragon, that angry dragon energy, and just destroy everybody and be like, "You didn't give me my packet, my travel award." Obviously, we're hyping Zimmy up a lot, but he's a really great guy. Yeah, I, I hope he has a has a good time just hanging out with the community again. Yeah, and this this is gonna be the last this is the last tournament before Worlds, so in July there really won't be any tournaments. Aside from the local ones that don't count towards rankings and stuff. But it's still nice to get out and meet the community and kind of set those things up. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yep, it's just all kind of so a little prep for Worlds after that. Definitely. Okay, so with the Play Pokemon segment officially over, let's move on to our King of the Hill coverage. Last week, we did not report on it because we had an amazing sit-down with the folks over at the Thunderdome. Would highly recommend listening to that episode if you haven't. They show you how to do really well in the Empire business, and we got off on a lot of tangents, which was definitely fun. This week, however, we have two weeks to kind of wrap up because some teams got eliminated at the end of round two. 
or about to, and some teams got eliminated in round three. So, the this team, you know, our team, Dinair Don't Care, we beat an, a Latin America Diamond team, and we were rewarded with an EMEA Diamond team. We had a, oh, was it? We had a nine or a seven to five run on them, or something like that, or nine to, I think it was nine to five, nine to six, and unfortunately, no, it was nine to three because we had back to back sweeps on the opposing side to make it nine nine. Anyway, long story short, we had the magical score of eleven to ten, and once again, we came up just one win short. So we got eliminated in the round of 128, but it just goes to show you that this little bronze tier team can fight with the best of them. My hat definitely goes off to everybody that fought that week. I don't care if you didn't bring points in. We were playing with house money at the end of round one. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think we felt like that a little bit for both of the bouts that we were in, where we very much felt like we were in the underdog position, just and that I, I don't know. There's there's some freedom to that. I think where when you when you get to play for fun, or in Sherveen's case, when you get to get fired up and <laughs> show up and and you know four zero an opponent, <laughs> it kind of spurs everyone else into showing up and saying, "Oh yeah, I guess I guess we I guess we can beat these people." Yeah, definitely. And Sherveen definitely has been the. I honestly I can't decide, but he's been like. If there was a running for like best newcomer, he and Dan, he and Danny would be an absolute tie because they they came in at the start of cycle four and they have just been so consistent and so dominant when they need to be. It makes my job as a captain so much easier. Yeah, and Danny saved our bacon playing Master League for us, so that was one hundred percent. It was a great, it was a great time. So we unfortunately ended up in, like I said got knocked out in bout two we had nerdy birds go on and they won and then they got to fight against the juggernaut cool cats and we were pulling for them but they unfortunately also lost 14 to 7 notorious knocked owls had that other upset when they were an open team that beat a gold team they fought against gumi university and unfortunately gumi university did beat them and synchronoise won a very close match against and EMEA Silver. No, they did not. That was from week one. They lost to <laughs> Legion Oriente 15 to 6. They got blown out of the water. But Legion is a Latin America gold team with a shiny Umbreon as their logo. So I, I they have a good logo. That's why they won. Ghost Pepper Dunspice, they did have a Cinderella run and they managed to get all the way to the round of 64 where they unfortunately lost to Scissor Me Timbers, a very creative name out of the North America region, and they were gold. So um, it turns out the Lucky Mucks definitely brought their luck to beat Hoosier Daddies, which there may have been some bias there, but I definitely think that Hoosier Daddies is the greatest team name of all time, right next to Dean Air Don't Care. But unfortunately, it was a 17-4 via the Lucky Mucks, SoCal Swablu, the gold, the gold team. I was going to say the A team, but I had to stop myself for a second. <laughs> so SoCal Swablu was able to beat Pioneer Valley PvP, but the score was actually closer than it was supposed to be because Pioneer Valley fought the San Diego team 
and they're rewarded with fighting up against the original team or the gold team and they took them all the way to the final match my goodness and just to put this into perspective pioneer valley pvp was up six to nothing at the start i thought pioneer valley was going to run away with it and yeah, so got swab like, yeah, looks like they had, they had some trouble in the uh the field slots i know that feeling all too well oh and it was on the ragnar field yeah the ragnar field they didn't get a single point at ragnar but you know that's that's actually kind of a mirroring what happened to us as well so you know, it, it can happen to the best of them. SoCal Swablu, Gold gets to fight up against Wing Attack. That is going to be a fight to watch. And then finally, the last the last option that we're... Or the last match we're looking at is... Stadium Elite destroys Decidueye Dynasty in what was supposed to be a future factions match had factions continued. My goodness. Yeah, I expected that one to be a lot closer. Um, Thunderdome came out ahead of Gumi University, but, you know, that was just kind of what you, a score you might see from two teams in the same tier. Right. But okay, so last week, or last week, we dove into the... Okay. That was a, yeah, I don't really know what that sound was. <laughs> <laughs> that, that took me back. So last time, you had us follow the cool cats and you gave us another great insight into following the hidden powers team as they were able to beat Z force 14 to seven. So I think we can go ahead and take a look at that team. Well, and it's just kind of fun to look at what would have been our matchup, right? Right. <laughs> to follow the, the team we lost here and to just like kind of continue hyping them up as they go. Right. All right, so Hidden Powers, starting in the Great League. We had EYT13 go up against Ga- Gandok? Gandoks. And my tablet computer is doing some wonky stuff, so it's going to inverted the, the colors. So I'm going to do oh my boy. best to read. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to read this. So we had on EYT side, Altaria, Venusaur, Toxapex, Shadow Quagsire, Frostlass, and Vigoroth into Tapofini, Sableye, Chrysalia, Shadow Dragonite, Registeel, and Toxicroak. You know, I just want to point out that this team looks eerily similar to Shadow Mimikyu's Milwaukee team when I'm zeroing on the Shadow Dragonite mainly. But on paper, these are two e- these are two pretty evenly matched teams, all things considered. Because that Frostlass can take care of the Chrysalia Dragonite. I'm not so sure on the Toxicroak matchup now because of the, the Mud Power, the Mud Bomb buff. Venusaur yeah, really, it's, really... It's, it's fun to see the the mud bombers kind of making a name for themselves now, especially Shadow Quag still still going <laughs> strong. Acquire the sire, and I guess the other thing worth mentioning here is just you you don't see the, the Shadow Lola Ninetales on either team, and that's really been kind of the the story of the open Great League slots, even through King of the Hill, right. However, we do we are seeing two what can be two good substitutes in you know we have the Frostlass kind of substituting for the Powder Snow Alola Nine Tails, and then you have Tapufini for the fairy version of the Alola Nine Tails, which is kind of like what I'm I'm playing mental gymnastics on that one, but that's how I'm interpreting it. It, it looks like a pretty rough day for Tapufini though, like the Venus are intoxicated. Yeah, when you're staring down double poison and then 
you're, you're just not gonna get as much mileage out of the, the water damage even where the the other pokemon at least that our team saw a lot was the shadow charizard and then that's maybe kind of what they're they're hoping to see with the Fini. yeah well looks like eyt had a good had a good draw on this one because even then the altaria and dragonites can do really well they kind of i think it's a neutral matchup because you outpace a dragon claw but Altaria is a little is bulkier than Shadow Dragonite, so it could go either way. But even then, there's there's two neutralizers for the Shadow Dragonite, two neutralizers for the Tapafini. There's two or three neutral matchups into the Sableye, maybe four. I'm not sure on Shadow Quag. Chrysalia looks like it had some fun. You just really had to watch out for that Frostlass. And then Registeel was not going to have a good day with Vigoroth and Quagsire on the other side. And that leaves Toxicroak. But yeah, like like I had said before, EYT definitely had had a pretty balanced team and I think kind of had the jump on Gandox's team. The one nice thing you have on Gandox's side is that there there isn't like a hard answer to say boy, right? So you can really go for broke on your lead and try to catch them out and if you're in a bad spot you just go straight to Sableye <laughs> and so it's it's a move that we're all pretty familiar with by now because it's just it's it's been one of the best safe swaps for a while yep and the only thing that I was like the only thing that Sableye fears on the other team would be a Moonblast from Altaria and even then they have to land the Moonblast I mean the the one shields into Altaria Venusaur aren't great for Sableye, but it's it's in the hands of the Sableye user, like how how much they want to press the issue, right? Like you can you can go to twos, you can, you know, throw maybe land a sneaky return into Altaria and it can it can change the the flow from there. Gotcha. Alrighty. So we have whoops. So that that seems like a good storyline to to end off on that one. So good on EYT for taking a 2-1 over your opponent. In the Ultra League slot, we had some staff corrections. We had MDKE1 go up against Sergene Max. I think that's how you say it. Or Sir Sergene Max. Yeah, it's it's hard to know if it's like Sir or Senior. Their self card has it as Senior Gene Max. Because there's the capitalize in the URL. There you go. All right. So, Senor Gene Max. <laughs> That's what we're going with. So, there were some staff corrections on this one. It was a it was a sweep in Gene Max's side, but we still have to kind of. They both did submit a lineup, so we can kind of pick apart this team just a little bit. So, on MK side, they brought Shadow Gliscor, Registeel, Galissapod, Regirock, Driftblim, and Verizian into Shadow Politoed, Clefable, Shadow Drapion, Cobalion, Abomasnow, and Pidgeot. Yeah, right off the bat, Pidgeot was not going to have a good time. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of Feast of Famine, right? There's the, <laughs> the Regis that you really don't want to see, and then you have Galissapod, Verizion, which are pretty, like, you, you doesn't get much better than that. Apart from, you know, you gotta watch for Stone Edge sometimes, but and and Gliscor is pretty uh pretty much a wash. Like Driftblim, Icy Wind is annoying, but 
manageable. I feel, like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that still leans Pidgeot. So it's just like, it's one of those where you, you kind of need it. <laughs> I mean, even with the miss, like Drifblim getting Mystical Fire, it kind of packs a little bit of a punch against Cobalion if you wanted to. Yeah, and then that's a that's an interesting question for matchups like these, where, like, apart from the Politoed, if you if you just run both of your debuff moves, you can still hit everything, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and then it kind of puts your opponent on the back end of oh, I'm debuffed again. I got to switch. It could tilt your opponent, but it doesn't look like it that the opponent was tilted on this side, seeing as it was a three zero. <laughs> Well, yeah, we we don't we don't know exactly what went down, but it's it's a it's a fun mix on these teams, like of of recent winners and kind of the the ultra league standbys, and so I feel like this is kind of a, a nice little snapshot of how, especially ultra league meta has become a little bit healthier just with the advent of a, of a few more reliable pickups. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense, honestly. So. So with that being said, seems like a pretty good open and shut case. Well, it's it, it's just hard to comment too much when there are staff corrections of, of unknown <laughs> unknown origin. <laughs> unknown origin. That's fair. So yeah, with unknown origin, we're definitely gonna be looking at it. There was I keep I keep this is my my tangent for this portion. I, I keep hoping that we'll get one of these King of the Hill rounds without a single team missing a lineup, but still hasn't happened yet. We're in the round of sixty four, like my goodness. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Alright, let's get let's get into the Master League. Alrighty, so in this one we have Thomas Young nineteen ninety seven go up against OTX. In this matchup, Thomas brings Dialga, Kyogre, Therian Form Landorus, Togekiss, Gyarados, and Hydreigon into Zacian, Lugia, Gyarados, Excadrill, Shadow Snorlax, and Kiram. That Kiram did a lot of work. Well, and it's it's just interesting from the outset to see a you know a, a triple or a two point five dragon team. Uh, obviously, Gyarados can swing towards water version if it needs to but that's true except in i would say in this instance kiram dragon breath Kiram dragon breath glaciate kiram can really hurt the the therian form landorus the hydreigon the togekith you essentially you can do a decent amount of damage on anything not named kyogre now, whether or not you live the charms from Togekiss is another story, because I, well, I legitimately don't know. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's, that's a little tricky, because obviously you're taking super effective from Dialga, and that includes the... Uh, Iron Head. Iron Head, and Landorus T outpaces the Glaciates. So even, even though, like, you have... <laughs> would be the death sentence move like they can also get you with with stone edge or superpower which you're you're weak to both and then yeah togekiss is double resisting all the dragon breath in the meantime so it's it's another one of those where ball is kind of in their court for a lot of those matchups where yeah if you if you can get glaciate off like with the exception of dialgo like that's it's that matchup is not good then you you have a, a shot at KOing them, but it's it's not like they're <laughs> powerless in the meantime. So I just checked PV Poke. Yeah, Togekiss wins. 
So I, I had to take back what I said. And you can just straight charm it. Yeah. But you can you can still like get get your debuff off. Like the the, the effect of, of Kyurem can still still be felt in battles because of like just throwing that little bit of a wrench into matchups that you think you know because Master League battles play out the same a lot of the times, but as soon as you introduce a debuff it can change things. <laughs> yeah. Okay then. So I have to take I have to amend my Kirim statement. But I, I will say Kirim it looks like Kirim did do a lot of work. If it was like pivoted incorrectly. However, looking at the rest of the team, you do have Lugia. I think it's the bulkiest Pokemon in the Master League. Got that stat product. <laughs> yeah. So you have the bulkiest Pokemon in the, the Master League. And but you I wanna say you're hard countered against High Dragon. But then I remembered Lugia has Dragon Tail. Yeah, Lugia is Lugia is not bad overall into into their team. Um, Gyarados like still not bad either, especially if you think they're gonna play Kyogre into you, um, because it's it's got a good look into Zacian especially and Excadrill for that matter. Um, I look at something like Shadow Snorlax and I think that could have played a pretty big role because the only Pokemon that's resisting the lick damage is the Hydreigon, and the 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 hit and run potential with with the superpowers is good as well. That's true. Mustn't forget about that. So yeah, Snorlax is also a good neutral, like a good damage sponge, essentially. Yeah, it does. It does feel like Caught uh, X had had more options. Where I, nope. I expect, I expect Thomas kind of. Lean like would have leaned into Dialga Kyogre plus one, right? Mm-hmm. Well, already then. So with yeah, so don't want to spend too much time on the Master League. Cot Codex or Cotex is definitely had looks like maybe had the better team build is what I'm gonna had a more flexible team. Excuse me, that's the word I was looking for. So with that, we move on into what I'm gonna call Hidden Powers Aces because my goodness they have some strong players in Ragnar they they went 5-1 again and 6-0 in Echo so yeah the the fields definitely went went hard the way of uh, hidden powers the match or the the bout was over when all the fields were wrapped up let's let's be real here for a second yeah literally that's 11 (laughs) points yeah 11 to 3 wait no 1 yeah, 11 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so in uh, the Ragnar field, you had Lion's Den square off against Fadusium. Now, this is, once again, the Show 8 Band 2 format. So Lion's Den's 8 Pokemon were Greedent, Azumarill, Trash Cloak, Wormadam, Mew, Miltank, Eridos, Victini, and Defense Form Deoxys. Phasum banned Eridos and Trash Wormadam. <laughs> Get out of here, bugs. Fadusium brought Azumarill, Chrysalia, Escavalier, Hypno, Frostlass, Defense Form Deoxys, Dugong, and Greedent. You know, with the negative with the negative lighting on the website, Greedent's sprite looks like a blissy. Oh, man. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Yep. So in this case, Escav and Frostlass were banned. That was a very good ban as well. And in this matchup itself, it looks very even on paper, but that Miltank, 
looks like it did a lot of work with its body slam rollout and thunderbolt. I think well, in this they, case, yeah, they just they just get to run their greed and ill tank again. Yeah, we saw how potent of a combination that was. And then the 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 psychics are in a good spot too, especially Mew, the the only Pokemon like on the other side that like really gives it trouble is Greedent. So, <laughs> and when you have your own, you can line up against it or Defense Deoxys or Azumarill. Even like you just it was it was it was kind of like to me it's it's more amazing that this wasn't also sweep just because it feels like the the Mew should be so dominant and then you've, right. got, you've got plenty to soak up whenever you switch out after like a wild charger right and especially Mew gets foul play right no it gets dark pulse oh, okay if you wanted to be cheeky you could put dark pulse on it right and and I've, I've heard of that as well or like some some of the other cheaper moves, but I, yeah, no reason not to run wild charge into this team. Yeah, that is a staple on a Mew team. Okay, so <laughs> that was a quick recap, honestly. In the next one, we've got Sammy eighty five. Yeah, Sammy eighty five against Dark Leroy. Dark Tyler. Oh, Dark Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy. Leroy. <laughs> Well, it looks like, honestly, from the team, it looks like that he Leroy Jenkins it. So, Sammy brings Miltank, Trash Cloak, Wormadam, Mantine, Defense Form Deoxys, Walrein, S. Cavalier, Greenant, and Victini into Frostlass, Tentacruel, Venusaur, Dugong, Greenant, Defense Form Deoxys, Chrysalia, and S. Cav. Sammy banned Frostlass and S. Cav, and Tyler banned Wormadam and S. Cav. There's not a lot of love for Escav, I'm noticing. Well, uh, yeah, and and maybe that's just speaking to the core breaking potential of Escav. It's just like it's one of those Pokemon that you feel obligated to bring because it's so good, but then you don't get to actually use it because it's so good. That's true. But and, I mean, okay, I know Trash Cloak Wormadam, based on the team, it was a good band to lock in. However, on Escav side or on Sammy side. You've got well, okay. I guess I can see Escap being banned because you would break Miltank, Walrein, Greedent. But everything on the other not, side, everything not named Mantine could be in trouble. Oh, that's right. It gets Drill Run. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once once again, you got that Miltank Greedent combo. Yep. It's and we it's, all... it's, a, it's a lot of damage. It is so potent. I don't like it. I just hate it works so well. That that's my main reason for not liking it. Yeah, well, and just like the the one turn animations and just keeping track of tackle energy is <laughs> such a pain. That is true. Okay, <laughs> so that was the sweep. I well, the the first of three, right? Yeah, the first of three. Except in this one, you know, Walrein had a lot of play into the Tentacruel Venusaur matchup. Miltank and Greenit, like you said, is just such a disgustingly good core. But you can't ban either of them because it's like, oh my opponent brings S Cap. Yeah, they're yeah, they're a little a little too neutral. It's like I the the D D can can play back into it a little bit, but um it's it's just it's tough. Like do you 
do you play DD Cress just to just to have a have enough bulk to have a chance? Or, yeah, and then and then yeah, you all, you also have to just you have to line up the whatever their their third bandmate is for for that particular battle correctly with with yours. So it's just it's one of those where. I'm I'm curious to see how far they can they can take that particular combo. They take it all the way to the sweet sixteen. That's what I'm gonna call it. Okie doke. So That's that's Ragnar. <laughs> yep. Now we do Echo that you know everybody enjoys. Actually, our team did really well in this in this one. You guys had a combined score of five five one. So you you definitely did what you needed to do. Technically, it was a combined score of six to one because we had to do a rematch. That, but I mean, I'll... that was that was just our our second week. Like our our combined between the two was was pretty good. I thought. Yeah, I didn't really realize this at first, but I put y'all in the same matchups or in the same slots as like the normal field slots. I didn't move y'all around that much. It was it was just a best foot forward kind of deal. That's true what we were winning with and that's what we're going to continue to win with even in the next iteration whatever that may be okay echo <laughs> we had Pazium 33 versus Escanordian Escanordian yep okay so Kazim <laughs> so Kazim brings Quagsire, Manibuzz, Sableye Diggersby, Skunk Tank Tapofini, Defense Form Deoxys and Regirock into Pelipper, Whimsicott, Sableye, Macargo, Defense Form Deoxys, Alolan Sandslash, Kofergigas, and Ferrothorn. Kazim banned Pelipper and Whimsicott, and Esken banned Quagsire and Regirock. I'm not sold on the Regirock one, to be quite frank, because it only has Macargo, Alolan Sandslash, and Ferrothorn to go into. The Regirock and the Kofa matchup isn't bad either. The the Stone Edges hurt quite a bit. Okay. But I'm surprised that they left in... I honestly, if I was looking at it, I would have banned Diggersby. Just because, you know, you've got Mudshot, Fire Punch, and Earthquake. Fire Punch will absolutely destroy Alolan, Sandslash, and Ferrothorn. Yeah, Diggers, Diggersby was, was a problem for what they had left over. <laughs> yeah. And so, like it, that's why I'm saying, if given the choice between banning Regirock or banning Diggersby, I would have banned Diggersby and just played around the fact that you know there's a Regirock on there. Yeah, get the get the ground types out. It's 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 not a bad idea. I mean, I know we haven't really talked about bans very much, but it can definitely go a long way to like just kind of take out an entire archetype from an opposing team. True. And also, you can play the strategic game of putting a Pokemon that you know is really good. It's just going to get banned anyway. And so it kind of forces... You can kind of play a mind game with your opponent and go, Okay, I'm not going to play that Pokemon because it's really good. But then when they fail to ban it, it's like, All right, I'll just use this and sweep your whole team now. And given what was left over, the Deoxys on Kazim's side looks strong and... All, all of its support pretty much is good into the opposing ghosts. It's just, ah, uh, yeah, it looks rough. It looks really rough. 
Now we didn't do, I didn't do at the beginning of this, I did not do a deep dive into Z-Force. So I'm gonna do it real quick on that. They were a Latin American open team. So, you know, fairly new. They actually as, very I, I remember new. I looked up, but they did really well, right? Yes, they. Did they sweep? Was that what happened? No, they went eight and one. Okay, so like, first... pretty pretty close. Yeah, but you know, Latin America is just so competitive that you have to go nine and zero to even get a chance to get promoted. They because you have no. They oh. they went nine and they went nine and zero. No, they went eight and one. Who did they lose to? I am reopening the page now. <laughs> oh no, I just can't. I just flipped the team names. I was like El Lado Ascoro Ascoro PVP is like on the other side of Z Force, yeah. and I go, son of a gun. Yeah, I, I do wish that they would. Oh, they won the whole thing. Make that consistent. Yes. So much much stronger team than perhaps is is shown on paper here. But and obviously, I, th- I think that is evident in the fact that they took seven points off. But yeah. So that, that matchup, I don't, I don't think there's a lot more to say. And then we just got one more. I will say that this team, Z-Force, I'll talk about Z-Force for a second. Their, a bulk of their strength looks like it relied mainly in the open fields as compared to like the field specialist slots. What? I'll obviously do some more of a deep dive. I was like, like, what is that based on? <laughs> I was like, I have to do more, more research, obviously. But like, I will say that, and I know a bunch of specialists are about to get angry at me. Zimmy, Jack, Oman, and Danny, please don't be upset by the comment I'm about to make. I will say that the field specialists have a little bit of a harder time trying to crack a meta than an open slot because in the open slot, mainly like if you have the point system or the tier system that they're running, once you figure out these are my S tier mons, these are my, but then you have like out of those S tiers, you have like the S plus tier kind of helps you. It kind of helps you go from there. Whereas in the field specialist slot, if it's not named Ember, you could spend two, three weeks trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Are, are you done digging your hole yet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to eat my words because I just checked the Latin American cycle that they fought in and they swept all of their fields. Like, oh, no, wait, they lost one. No, no, they in in bouts four and five, they were not happy. They they started to struggle in the field slots. See, I was half right. (laughs) I went ahead and checked at least the players that were on the roster this week to see kind of where they came from. Oh. Uh, and a lot of them were open tier players if they had played factions before. There was one iron and one copper bronze player. But it's not like they were a bunch of diamond players that made a new team as far as I can tell. So it's 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 just cool that they were able to compete. That's that's fair. And Good on yeah, them. Like 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 you were saying, sweeping Latin America open is a big deal. Definitely, because, I mean, by that tone of thing, we had a, in the very first week, we had an open tier upset a gold tier in the same conference. And we're like, oh, well, gold tiers are gold tiers because they're really, really good. And it's like, well, here's an open tier team that just upset y'all. Same, on the same token, our team upset a Latin America diamond team. And of course, that opened up a whole bunch of like, oh, is Latin America like really, really good? 
Yes, they are really, really good. We got, we just had the upper hand one week. And then EMEA, I think EMEA and North America, like itself, are the two toughest tiers to play in. Just because of the sheer amount of, what's the word I'm looking for? The sheer amount of competition. Obviously, Latin America has 100 plus teams in Latin America Open. And then in the, I guess in like North America Open tier, you have about 40 to 40, close to 50-ish teams that are ready to go. But I think Latin America is so competitive is because you can have three or four teams that go 9-0 and and that locks up your promotions for the next tier. Yeah, you, you literally have to win them all just to even be in the top three. <laughs> right, and then no disrespect to the, the players on APAC, when I look at y'all's sort of system, it's like you can go from open to platinum because there's not a lot of teams that really move around that much. Quote Taco, unquote. Taco's choosing violence today. <laughs> I'm not necessarily... I'm not saying that like EMEA is weak. I'm saying there's just not <laughs> enough teams... Sorry, not EME, I said A. I meant to say APAC. I'm not saying that APAC is weak. I'm just saying there's like not a lot of teams that are made there because the region is so small. I just I just hope this like lights a fire under someone for, for worlds. You know, honestly, if an APAC player wins worlds, I will eat my words and I will happily eat them. But you know, last season for Vanilla Sylph, an APAC player won con- the world championship, so those players are really, really good. There's just not a lot of quote-unquote really good players to make a team together, which is kind of not cool, but... <laughs> Do you want to look at the last Echo teams? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is that a... Cu- hey, there's the Alola Ninetales. Anyway, so we had the Captain Youngquas go up against... Yeah, I don't know how to say that. I'm going to say 12. 12 double V. Excuse me. So Young Youngquas brings Alolan Ninetales, Pelipper, Chrysalia, Umbreon, Alolan Sandslash, Tapofini, Defense Form Deoxys, and Kofagrigus into Pelipper, Swampert, Sableye, Toxicroak, Defense Form Deoxys, Tapofini, Kofagrigus, and Walrin. Why do I get the feeling that both of these teams are like play Pokemon regional teams, or they're strikingly similar? Yeah, there's 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 a lot of familiar faces, right? Right. So. Youngquas banned Sableye and Kofagrigus. Not sure why, but we can get into that one. And then 12 Double V banned Chrysalia and Kofagrigus. You almost really not like Kofagrigus. My question is, why would you ban Sableye if you've got Alolan Ninetales, Tapofini, Umbreon? If you have three Mons that can potentially destroy the Sableye and not ban, say... Defense form Deoxys because counter goes Burr and can beat your Umbreon and your Alolan Sandslash. And if you have Thunderbolt, well, your Pelipper is not going to hit the field. I would say it looks like they were trying to just enable that Cresselia Deoxys duo by getting rid of the two ghosts. Okay. And it's like, okay, they get rid of the two ghosts, but then they ban instead, instead of like banning that outright why didn't they just ban the chrysalia defense form deoxys core what as i said why I was like why didn't 12 just ban chrysalia and defense deoxys because like uh, well and part of that can be because they they had two ghosts right like they they felt like they were safe well right okay i 
I can kind of see how that makes sense. They wanted to enable their two ghosts, but they got outright banned, and so they had to fight an uphill battle, and unfortunately were unable to get points out of it. And and to me, that's that's the biggest deal with the whole ban format. Is is yeah, you can you can definitely get shoeboxed into a matchup that is pretty unfavorable. That's true, and and so I'm kind of like looking at it as like okay, so it was a bit of an uphill battle. You did your best, but I think the in this case the bans really put Yonkwas on the up like I would say the upper hand. It's great that he redeemed his uh, 0-3 against Shervin. Well, won- <laughs> and this is this is exactly the the scenario you had kind of alluded to before, right? With the maybe going for the ban on the double ground, and this is this is effectively that, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. the, allow your team a lot more freedom just by getting rid of those those hard counters, because then everything else is is looking a little softer. Right. I can kind of see the reasoning for enabling, like, bringing two ghosts. But I, what, I, what I'm having trouble wrapping my head around is that you have, like, you had to probably, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm bringing a double ghost core, I know my opponent's going to try to zero in on that. So at the risk of maybe hurting myself, why don't I ban their core, in this case, the double psychic, because that's... The, where the the bulk of your strategy lies, because in this case you there is a I'm looking at the Swampert and I remembered Swampert has Sludge Wave. There is a case to bring Sludge Wave this week as opposed to your standard Hydro Cannon Earthquake set because I think you have enough counters to deal with Alolan Sandslash and Defensioxus, Toxicroak, and Wall Ring. You don't really need to put Earthquake on a Swampert for this week. Yeah, it can it can definitely help. Uh, the The tricky bit is is obviously just um, except into the fairies, sludge wave is is, and I guess I guess the the Pelipper also. But that is just such a bad matchup that, yeah, it's 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 good to see when when you can just kind of get rid of the traditional move set in favor of something like the sludge wave. But yeah, then then the next question becomes is is the Swampert the bring, though. Gotcha. Okay. So, that is a good wrap-up. I also noticed that it's 10 o'clock on the dot as of the recording. Did your opponent ever get back to you? I sent them a message, and then I tried to send a friend request, and their friends list is full, so I I don't think my match is happening. Well, mine is. (laughs) That's good. So... Jet, do you have any final thoughts for this first for the first part of this episode? Uh, I'm just excited to have a little bit more time to look at matchups going forward. Where <laughs> you know it'll it'll of course be another couple weeks, but it'll be I think more manageable. And then also just that we've gotten I think out of the territory of huge mismatches just based on who's left. So this, this to me, is, is where things are actually going to be getting exciting. Right. So we are in the round of 32 now, and every match is definitely going to be earned. These, these are probably the elite of the elite teams. So with all of that being said, and some trainers understandably upset at my comments, that's okay. 
<laughs> we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we will be right back after these messages. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial break because I used that time to go get a sneakers and I am no longer choosing violence for the remainder of the episode. I didn't know shoes had that effect on you. <laughs> I needed the sneakers bar, you know, I got hungry. Yeah. Anyway, this gotta podcast... Watch, well, gotta watch out for those nightingale floors. Definitely. Anyways, this podcast is powered by you, the listener. We have a Patreon that you can donate and throw money at us to help support us. We want to shout out our patron ZT Smith for his very charitable donation. And yeah, he's a great dude. Definitely should be his friend. It's been it's been fun doing the uh, Palatone summer stuff with him on our on our team. Right? My goodness, I was I was very happy. This is one of the great things. Oh, but yeah, other community stuff. We also have a Discord. The link is provided in the show notes down below. Come join out. Come hang out. Of course, it might get a little bit quiet to her because there's no more Sylph after this month. However, rest assured, the staff of the Discord will be trying to put something together and we will come up with an announcement very soon. Also, if you, going back to the Patreon, if you don't want to support us through monetary value, please just give us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts via Spotify and Google Podcasts. Give us a review, give us a rating. It really helps all the algorithm stuff and it helps, you know, spread the word about the amazing things that Jet does. And I'm just along <laughs> for the ride. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's be real here, Jet. You're the professor and you're just like, Taco, this is this is why this works. And I'm just like, I'm that kid with like that throws paper airplanes in the back and it's like, I totally understand this. And then I fail the test. Don't worry, we've got it under control. <laughs> also, the amazing background music you hear week to week is provided by the is provided by Zame. He is an amazing video game composer on YouTube. He also has some stuff on Spotify, and he just recently came out with 30-minute loops of tracks and he's adding more every single week. You can find him and his links in the show notes listed down below and give him a follow on Twitter. You know, video game composers need love, too. Have you heard his uh, renditions of the Pokemon centers in various locations? I have not yet, but it is on my list of things to listen to. That's That's been the, the recent kind of series. It's It's been cool to just hear the little twists on stuff. All right. I, I'll definitely be listening to that tomorrow when I'm at work. What's next? Oh, yes community engagement time <laughs> that sounds so robotic we'll come up with a different segment for it eventually so i have some thoughts on our back at the start of the episode i had some thoughts on this event i don't like the fact that dark flames is such a short event i think that you know seven to ten days should be the sweet spot for events because you know it gives us something to look forward to we have goat we have special cups and league rotate and go battle league rotations happening once a week unless it's a go battle day which is this weekend when this episode goes live do your 100 battles climb to climb to legend and get your your clay hat because that hat is really cool i have the hat <laughs> yeah the the ace hat <laughs> I, I will say I've, i appreciated the solstice event with the double catch dust being a longer event and i'm feeling a little spoiled actually I'm, I'm kind of back to my 
thinking that Stardust just needs to be doubled across the board as, <laughs> as just, just a standard, like, hey, it's about that time. You know, you've, you've doubled the amount of dust it costs to max something out, so let's just maybe double the base value. Yeah, I finally have enough dust to max out my, my, Umbre- my rank one Ultra League Umbreon. So, Hundo? Yes. <laughs> yes. But it sounds better saying rank one than perfect. Does it? I don't know. Some people might say it that way. Anyway, so we want to know. I have my thoughts. Jed has his thoughts. What are y'all's thoughts on this event? Do you like longer events? Do you like shorter events? Do you just want not events at all and just give us all the bonuses at once? I don't really like that idea because that will spoil us to the core. So I'm okay being spoiled. (laughs) That's fair. I don't know. For me, I kind of like the, the grind of it. Once again, I'm going to bring up old school RuneScape, and that's probably where my brain is going. That game is just so grindy that when you finally achieve the goal that you wanted to, you're just like, yeah, I did it. And then you look up and there's another side of the mountain you have to climb. And so you start up there and you continue and you go. And that that's what it's like, I guess, for me, like I'm I'm playing RuneScape a little bit more and just like the grind of catching all the Pokemon, grinding them up into candy, getting Stardust. It's it's what I it's just my what my brain does. I see number go up and I get happy. I, I played an old school MMO myself, and one of the things that people asked for, but I felt like they never actually wanted was to go back to how grindy it used to be. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, you don't you don't actually want that. <laughs> You've 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 forgotten the pain. <laughs> what is pain? Okay. So, it is now time for the salsa bar. We didn't do one last week because we had the amazing interview of amazingness. This week, however, don't, don't overhype it or anything. <laughs> no, I'm going to over I'm going to hype it up. It deserves the right amount of hype. This I week, just, however, I, I just like that we've had all such great guests. I know. And before, well, I guess before I get into the sauce, I want to say if you, we, I like to say we have an open door, we have an open door policy when it comes to guests. We're not going to be like, hey, you should come on the podcast. If you think you have, you know, an interesting topic that you want to, you know, talk about, give your thoughts on, give some insight. The, reach out to myself or Jet. I'm available on social, more social media than Jet because I think he's just on Discord. Whereas, yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like, whereas I'm on I'm on Twitter, Discord. You can follow me at TacoDog underscore eight. I will find the original Taco Dog and get that handle eventually. Or you can even tweet at the show on Twitter at Dragonair Den. If you say, hey, Taco, or hey, Dragonair Den, I have a topic that I can talk about and I'm very knowledgeable in. And it can be something as obscure as how to run a mega an official mega tournament without any hiccups whatsoever. I, I would love to hear about that. Honestly, I would too. Like that, I just pulled that out of the air and I'm just like, you know what? All right. TOs. If you're a TO for a, a massive tournament, I want to hear from you. Get in contact with me. We'll, we'll turn this into an episode. It can be something as obscure as that. You know, we laugh, we have a good time. We joke, we go off on tangents. And so for me, I basically just have one rule. Don't be mean. Like, choosing violence is okay, but choosing excessive amounts of violence is, you know, that's where I'm going to have to draw the line. With all that being said, though, now it is time to make fun of Taco for his escapades. So, Jet, get, you got to listen to this. 
So I put the milk crate on the back of my bike, right? And For all the milk that you transport? Well, my job had me had a my job basically let me have a bunch of milk crates at work or my one of my old jobs. So I took them all home. And I got tired of my of my panniers on my bike just flying off on from my rack. So I I put I zip tied a, a milk crate on it so whenever they got loose, they would hit the milk crate and then lock back in place because the locks broke. Anyway, that's besides the point. I put I, I must have put maybe a couple of pounds over on the back wheel because now when I ride, I, I think I have to put more air in it anyway, but I was riding at I was riding this past week and I hit a hole and I thought nothing of it. And within about 20 minutes, I had a flat tire on the back of my on the back of my wheel. Well, I pull off because I didn't have enough air in the tire. I got a pinch flat. And those are not fun because a pinch flat essentially tears two sides of your tube and it may not be repairable and you have to replace the whole tube versus like a puncture where you can just like slap a puncture like a puncture kit on it or a patch and just continue riding. And I don't like tubeless tires because they're expensive. Like so how, really. how, how often do you normally like check your tire pressure and stuff? So you're the quote unquote approved time to check it is before every bike ride. Obviously I ride twice a day. I'm not going to check it twice a day. So I well, check it once every three You can't years. do anything about it. Like when you're heading back from work, right? No, you can't. Like there's no bike pump. So it's like, there's no point, but I, I usually check it, you know, every three days. Cause it's like, I'll, I'll put, I'll put about 70 to 80 pounds of pressure in the, the thing. And then I'll, you know, just go riding because, you know, I don't have a suspension. So I don't want to, what's it called? I don't want to feel every bump on the rim and possibly crack my rims. So I, I put a lot of pressure in it, hmm. but I don't put hmm. like a hundred pounds of pressure because then I can hit the, I can hit a bar and then I could explode my tire. And you know, that's not, that's not needed either. Yeah. It's just that, that happy medium. You've got your Goldilocks tire zone. Yeah. So 80 pounds of pressure is what is generally what I do. This I had, well, Apparently, 60 pounds of pressure is considered too light. So I got a pinch flat. I replaced the, the tube, thankfully, because I had some old wheels from my from my other tires. And now I am happily riding again. But this is your PSA to, if you go on a bike ride, put air in your freaking tires. I had to go buy another inner tube. So that was fun. Just what you wanted to do today. <laughs> so with that being said, that is the talk, the salsa bar. We now have, you know, some community projects that we'd like to be that we'd like to announce that we're a part of. As Jet previously talked about, we are part of the Pallet Town PvP Summer Festival, a three-month-long team—I would say—team building exercise, <laughs> where it's like it's four it's four of members of the Enter the Dragonairs Den, and then ZT Smith, member of the Hoosier Daddies, Hon- honorary member of Enter the Dinner, right. <laughs> And so on this one, we had a challenge, Taco Whiff, the first challenge, which was the PvP Ivy challenge, and I transferred the only Mon I had, but it's okay, because I made up for it in the tournament. And now a new challenge, a GBL challenge, has been announced, and you bet your sweet, you bet your sorry behind, I'm gonna go ham on it. We also, I have a special announcement to say, starting next month, or wait, this episode will air in July. 
starting in July. <laughs> yeah, just, just cover your bases. I suck at announcing things, as you guys can clearly tell. <laughs> starting in July, I will be one of the Palatown PvP streamers that will be streaming GBL sets, interacting with the community, and just having a good time. I am very excited, but I'm also super nervous. It will be my very first stream ever. So if I make a mistake, be gentle. That's all I ask. <laughs> you got you got a good foundation of people that know that these these streams are for fun and for learning. And I think you can rest easy knowing that the Palatown will support you. Wait, they're for learning? Wait, if they're for learning, how do I teach? Professor Jet, how do I teach? <laughs> Well, you learn, and therefore anyone watching also learns. Oh, so we learn by doing. Yes. Okay, that makes more sense. Definitely will want to keep on that then. So, uh, also a, a brand new announcement. I am also going to be taking part in or hosting The Ring, which is a Pallet Town PvP weekly. What's it called? Weekly thingamabob. Weekly Con. event, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the words escaped me. So it is a weekly Pallet Town PvP event where you have one person that is the champion gets to fight up against the challenger that is randomly drawn. If the challenger wins, they take the bat the title of champion. If they lose, well then the champion stays there for another week, the quote unquote champion's belt, and they fight I believe it's fifteen times. First one to seven wins. I've only streamed into a handful of ones. And then I was like, hey, would you like some help pro pro producing, running production? I was like, yeah, I think I can do that. And then now it's just like, hey, do you want to co-host? I'm like, ah, sure. So we're going to do things great, fun experiences all around. And that is that's on my end. Jet, what community projects are you doing? Well, now it's, it's just I have, a, I have another stream to go hang out on and continue our our team project of of making sure that uh, all of our players hit legend this season do you do you have a an incentive for hitting legend personally like i mean it's yeah. it's, it's, it's just continuing the success right but <laughs> um <laughs> as, as far as just kind of getting you and you know some some of the others over the line it's just like it's 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 about time right there's there's no reason you you guys go out and and win tournaments in the real world is there's no reason for you not to win some battles in gbl and get the get the title yeah but see the difference between tournaments and gbl is tournaments are show six pick three gbl is all right we have this we have this like team that's built with you know duct tape and toothpicks and it goes up against like some ultra giga Chad team, and it's like, all right, good luck. And you never know. I hope I didn't break Jet when I said ultra giga Chad team. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, yeah, the formats are different, but the the skills are transferable. So it's slightly different skill set, but the gameplay elements all stay the same, right? The unpredictability of of your connection can obviously cause issues, but uh, apart from that, like I will say, I don't, I don't know how it is for you, but it's felt like the game is decently stable currently. Like 
there's there's some stuff like if if you've been in any of the conversations around GBL just with especially the zero or one turn switch stuff like is as technical as as it seems to be like which I will take every day compared to just like some of the crazy lag spikes spikes that we've had in previous seasons so like mm. <laughs> to me to me this is this is the time like there's <laughs> there's never been a better time to play well, all right jet is definitely going to make sure that i hit legend this this season the we're pressure gonna, is on we're going mean, we're going to definitely get you personal best that that much i can guarantee look my personal best was 2456 yeah we're 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 crushing that <laughs> so i was almost on the cusp of legend i was on the cusp of legend and uh what's it called the cusp of veteran yeah that cusp of veteran and then <laughs> the the mountain cup started and yeah i don't want to beat a dead horse well i hope you keep battling strong through because we have a whole extra week of single type cup coming up so yeah i'm definitely gonna be doing a push during the go battle league the only problem that I don't like is that it's not three times Stardust. Wait, is it? Can it be three times Stardust rewards for the Go Battle Day? It should be. Okay, I'm not seeing any. Hold on, I'm checking. <laughs> BRB, I'm fact checking this. Well, and we do have Master League coming up, so that yes. should already like triple dust usually. So four times Stardust from win rewards. This does not yep. include the end of the ward set and will not stack with the three times Stardust bonus from Master yep. League rotation weeks. So, you know, same same stipulations as we've had recently. Neat. I'm going to I'm going to definitely I'm just going to play that for the Stardust, but I'm going to try to climb as well. Well, and for for anyone listening that's like looking at opportunity stuff, the the one that I brought up for last season that was super handy and then sort of has a little bit of that again this one is that the final three weeks of the season you can play master league like if you have an open master league team like you can just get good at it and play it through which obviously the investment is harsh but if you if you can if you can get the mons together like that's that's a lot of potential for climbing Licky clacky keyboard (laughs) sorry i'm just trying to make sure i have all the information correct yeah so it'll be yeah, it'd be the Stardust, and then, like you said, the Master League would be a good climb. But I will be the first to say you can do the Master League with level 40 Pokemon and still be semi-competitive. I mean, Star Asterisk, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, yeah, with that caveat. <laughs> there's, there, there's, uh, Yeah, if, if you're just looking to play and you don't have other options or like you don't want to waste dust on any of the little leagues or things that you don't think you'll use again like obviously any dust spent on master league like the viable mons like that it's never wasted i know i know usually the the thing that's that's holding most players back is the xl still even with the advent of making them easier to get like just for any particular pokemon like it can feel like you just have to throw money at it <laughs> yeah that's fair well okay then so i want to throw money at my problems i wish i had money to throw <laughs> i wish i had money to throw at my problems yeah but okay so with all of that being said it is unfortunately time we wrap up today's ep- tonight's episode it was a lot of fun jed i hope you had fun 
Yeah, well, and because of the interview, it was nice to spend a little time catching up on how King of the Hill was going and maybe start to get some of the, the world stuff happening. Yeah, I, I know I keep saying we'll eventually take a look at World. We should probably take a look at World at some point. I feel like once the the kind of group stuff is over and it's an actual just tournament, it'll be more up our alley. That's fair. Yeah, because that would be exhausting. I'm, I'll be the first to admit. Alrighty, so with this out of the way, it is unfortunately time we say goodbye. But as always, as always, always remember. <laughs> but always remember, keep your dragon fangs sharp. Frostlass is still overrated. Ice types, you know, ice types go away with a little bit of dragon fire. Fairies are scary. And until next time, we will see you all in our next episode.